0: Well, again, welcome to our Wednesday night equip service and this is a time where we as pastors get to equip you and get to partner up with you to uh, fulfill your calling in your life and for the work of the ministry. The purpose of our Wednesday night is to, exactly, to, to do exactly that and the uh, scripture that actually inspired this vision and this purpose is written on the back of your outlines, the back of your bulletins and it's in Ephesians 4. And Paul was speaking this scripture to, to the church of Ephesus, And he was encouraging them, hey, you guys got to live a godly life so that you guys can fulfill the calling that God's placing in your lives. And I want to just tell you guys this, that each and every one of you has a calling in your life. God has His hand on you. You may not know it, but His hand is... On you, We all have a calling. And, and the scripture is telling us that we got to be totally equipped for what God is uh, calling us to do. And we get to partner up with you through the teachings and, and equipping you through the, through the word of God. And that's what we do here on Wednesday night. Our Sunday night service, uh, Sunday services are, 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 are geared towards the uh, new believers. It's, it's new believers sensitive. So we we try to help those who are just coming into the Lord. They're they're babies and they're just receiving the Lord. So we're very sensitive in how we treat these people. And we welcome them into New Hope and to the the family of God. And this is where on Sundays that we can actually use what we're learning on a Wednesday night. We can actually use our gifts. You know, for some, their giftings are like singing on the worship team. For some, it's working in the kitchen, cooking in the kitchen. Those are gifts. For some, they're ushering people into their seats so that they could hear the Word of God. For some, you know, they, they drive our vans to help those who do not have a vehicle, no car, so that we can give them a ride to church. These are gifts that we use. And we want to partner up with you so that you could find your niche, find where you belong, a ministry that you fit into so that you too can start to serve the Lord Because I tell you this, man, there's no greater satisfaction as for me, for a pastor, and for a servant of God like you. And some of you are already doing this, but there's no greater satisfaction than when we see a person, and then we are a part of it that comes to know the Lord. There's no greater satisfaction for us. And we get to do that, and we get to partner up with you and help you to to fulfill your niche, your calling And equipping you for the work of the ministry, and we get to reach out into our community, into our families, and into our our, our workplaces, and we get to reach them one relationship at a time. We can do that. And that's what Wednesday nights are all about. So, welcome to our Wednesday night service. I lost my place already. Okay, Here, here it is. Let's get into the Word. And that reminds me, hey, you you guys can bring your Bibles, um, you know, whatever Bibles you got, whatever devices you use, you know, your iPod, your iPhone, your Android, your TV, whatever you guys like, bring that you guys use. Bring it so that we can get into the Word of God together because we want you to track along with us um, through the messages because we won't be showing any scriptures on our screens. We want you to track with us. We want you to get familiarized with your Bible. Knowing the books of the Bible. Because the Bible is a very, very, very important tool to be used by a Christian. It helps us to develop growth in our walk with Jesus Christ. Amen? So bring your Bibles. And not only on Wednesday, bring them Sunday too. Okay? So last week, Pastor Sheldon spoke to us on the Dead Sea Scrolls. And he tied in... um, The Old Testament with the New Testament. And I love the fact that he said we need to understand the entire Bible and not just our favorite scriptures in the Bible. How many of you get favorite scriptures? Yeah, I get favorite scriptures too, but we can't just base our walk or our growth on just that favorite scripture. We need to use the entire Bible. Why? Because we can learn about life from the whole Bible. Open your Bibles to John. got your Bibles, open them to John. And we'll be in chapter 6. John chapter 6. And we'll be in verse 63. That's a long chapter. John chapter 6, verse 63. Let's check that out. It states there. You guys all there? Amen? Alright. Jesus is talking and he says this. It is the spirit that quickened it. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That's Jesus speaking. Now in the process of reading the Bible, both the old and the new testament will play an important role in transforming each and every one of our lives. As you read the Bible, it is the power of God's Spirit. It's the power of God's Spirit that quickens us in the Word. And in the areas that He wants to correct in our lives. He inspired the Word. And His Word is filled, listen, with life. It's not a dead Word. It's the living Word of God. And His Spirit inspired it and He's speaking life Into each and every one when we receive that. His word says, choose life. Right? So when you read the word, look for life in it. Look that he's speaking to you for life. Now if we're just choosing our favorite scriptures that appeals to us, then we're not allowing his entire word to make a change within us. We actually want his word to fit us. We want his word to fit our conditions, our situations. We want him to fit us. We, we just want to feel comfortable. If you know what I'm saying. And we're not looking for a message. You guys are actually looking for a massage. <laughs> now his word says, our flesh can profit nothing. If we're just hearing what we want to hear, and not accepting the truth. Because the Bible is filled with truth. And we, got, we, we have to allow the entire Bible to speak to us. Even when we, we get a word that, that we don't want to hear. we got to allow that to happen with us. And sometimes we get the word, ooh. And we've got to accept that word. Because He may be speaking truth into our life. He may be speaking in an area in our life that He wants to make a change. He wants to do something. Not in spite of us, but it's because He loves us. But we tie up his hands every once in a while. We say, I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to change the page. Yeah, okay, I like that one. My favorite scripture. We can't do that. We got to accept every word that he gives us. Because our scripture was inspired by God. You know, I love the encouragement that the New Testament brings, but I've seen myself in, in many situations that the people, the, 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 the people that we read about in the Old Testament, um, that they've been in situations. And God speaks to me through those situations, through the Old Testament. And yes, through it all, uh, there is conviction that comes, but there is also submission that comes along with that. When we allow the word to speak to us. Every word. Allow the entire Bible to speak into your lives. Because if we don't do that, we're, we're, not, we're not actually believing or trusting in the entire Bible, the inspired and finished word of God. We're not. We're just reading so that we can feel comfortable. we got to trust that His word is great. And that His word is true in our life. And that He loves us that much because He's sharing that to you. Because He doesn't want you to remain the same. He always wants to change your heart for the good. All scripture is god bread. And a lot of times we don't trust Him. Oh, tonight, we want to turn that mistrust that we, we often have and turn it into trust. And I want to equip you to have the confidence in the entire Bible. The entire Word of God. Tonight I pray we can build this confidence in, in what you believe in. I want to build that confidence. That you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in the Word. I want, I want, you to, I want to build that confidence inside you. And I want to equip you with that. Can we do that tonight? Amen? Okay. Now, that's what Wednesday nights are about, is building our faith and our confidence in God and His Word. Because when tough times appear in our lives, then then that's when our faith is going to drop, doesn't it? Yeah, when we go through hard situations, our faith drops. And oftentimes, we go into mistrust or, or disobedience into God's Word. Now, how many of you have done that? Yeah, when we go through tough situations, my faith drops. And I try to wonder, how can I fix this? Well, in those times, what what do we do? How do we find our way? What's the formula to get back on track with God? What's the formula? Here it is. Real simple. It's His Word. It's His Word. The authentic and infallible Word of God that draws us back into His love. Into His Spirit. Now, turn your Bibles to Romans 10. Romans 10. And we're going to find the answer in this scripture. You were in Ephesians. Just a little bit to the left. Romans 10. And we'll be in verses uh, 14 to 18. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. We all there? Amen? Okay. This is what it speaks about. How then shall they call on, me, uh, call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing... By the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. And their sound has gone out to all the earth. And the words to the ends of the world. You know, Paul speaking to the leaders of the church in Rome. And he's, he's talking about Jerusalem's disobedience. Their unbelief of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's trying to encourage them to equip these people. Equip your people. And he's speaking to the leaders and he's saying this, somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to go and tell these people the truth and build their faith up. How will they know? If no preacher who speaks the truth. This is how you're going to build their faith. You're going to tell them that it comes by hearing the entire word of God. That's what I want for you guys to understand tonight that faith is built by hearing. Not just your favorite scripture. Because then you, you, you keep eating the same meal over and over again. How many of you guys get tired? Oh, you, many of you I know go to one restaurant, order the same thing. Over and over and over again. Right here, I'm the guy. But sometimes we got to try something new, right? Right? Okay. Now what's interesting is that Paul is uses a quote from the prophet Isaiah. From the Old Testament to start them off. Now here's my point. Paul believed in the entire Word of God. Because that's what he had. He only had the the scrolls, the the, the, the Torah, the Word of God that was written on these scrolls. And he trusted in every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The Old Testament is not just a resource book that we get to use. It's just as important as the New Testament. We got to get that tonight. Pastor Sheldon touched on the Dead Sea Scrolls last week. And tonight, I want to speak a little about the history of the Old Testament. Now there's an argument that says that there's no proof that the prophecies of the first coming of Jesus Christ are true prophecies. And now these guys are talking about the prophecies um, um, that's written on the scrolls um, in the prophet's uh, writing of Isaiah. And Isaiah 53 in particular. But when the Dead Sea Scrolls were translated, and they were found in 1946 to 1956, when they were translated and revealed, it gave us the proof that these prophecies were true. As a matter of fact, the fragments that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, they found the entire book uh, of Isaiah. Isaiah. All 66 chapters of the book of Isaiah was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now with the Dead Sea Scrolls, there were other manuscripts that were found. Um, and they were found in this uh, place called uh, Qumran. And that community of Qumran was excellent writers. There are scholars and excellent writers of those times. So along with these scrolls, they found uh, this manual on, on discipline. And it would help People it actually taught people uh, how to live uh, righteous lives. So the people said that this manual, or they thought, they, they, they said that this manual was talking about Jesus Christ. And there, it was their attempt to, to prove that the manual and the scrolls uh, were written after the days of Jesus. But that's not true. That wasn't true. Today, because of the discovery of the the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's now proven a fact that the manual and those scrolls was written before the time of Jesus' days. And it's proven because of the material that these scrolls were written upon. The material they used to write on dates back way before the first century. You guys are following me? Okay, so the scrolls that they found in there, and that manual, um, what they were written on dates way before the time of Jesus Christ. Okay, there were 972 972 different manuscripts found with these scrolls, and these texts were written in Hebrew, they were also written in Aramaic, and in Greek languages, and they were written mostly on, on parchment paper. And that's what they used in in the old times and the scrolls. They used parchment paper, and then they also used like calf and skin, um, sheepskin. They used those materials, and then they also used bronze um, to write in those days. So those are the materials that proved that the manuscripts and this manual was not of the days of Jesus. It was way before that. Okay. You guys following me now? Okay, good. And now that the Dead Sea Scrolls has been revealed to us, the writings uh, in these in this scrolls, passage after passage, tells us that the, the prediction of the first coming of Jesus Christ are true. They're true writings. So now we have a strong argument of the fulfillment of these predictions of the first coming of Jesus Christ. Now, many have argued that we didn't have the Old Testament until the until 900 A.D. and that's true. The first copy of the Old Testament, before the revealing of the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, were decoded by a group of people called the Masoretes. Okay, so this is be, this is the people before the time of Jesus uh, deciphering the, the 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 written scrolls. Okay, there were Mesorites. And this group of people fit their name because they got their name from the root word, Mesorah, which is translated tradition. And these people were responsible to, to decode the, these scrolls and keep the tradition of the Jewish um, scriptures. So these people were responsible to decode and decipher these, um, these scrolls, which was actually written in Hebrew. Okay, so tonight I want to talk to you about these Meserites and, and how they decrypted the Hebrew Bible to protect it. That's what they, they, they were assigned to do, to protect the, the authenticity and the accuracy of God's Word. That's what these people were, were chosen for. And to help them publish the first copy of the Bible. Okay, you guys following me so far? Okay, good. The Torah, which is the law of Moses, and then the Old Testament was written in Hebrew language, and the Hebrew language only consisted of of 22 consonants. There were no vowels in in the language. And when the scribes wrote these manuscripts uh, in the Hebrew languages, these writings just, um, they didn't have a break in them. They would just continue writing. It was like just on and on and on and on. They would just continue writing in this in these scrolls, and we can find the evidence of that in in the book of Ezra and in the book of Daniel. You you look how the the writers just keep going on and on and on, and you could find the uh, evidence of that there. And for these guys to check out and and reproof the writings and the breakups of the writings and and space them out, it took. Uh, Somebody who had an intellig- intelligent mind and a person who would understand Hebrew, the Hebrew language. And these people were chosen people to do exactly that. Okay, so there are the Masoretes. So these people were smart people chosen to decipher the Word of God, to hold their Jewish tra- uh, traditions. Okay, so these are the people chosen. But because they were... Different scribes writing different scrolls at that time. They wanted to protect the accuracy of the authenticity of the Word of God. So they created, and they wanted to create one known text. Okay? You're still following me, I hope. Okay. So to protect the accuracy of God's Word, and to pass it on to the next generation, and the generations to come, so that we can understand the Bible. They put some vowels In the writings. Now, remember, there were no vowels in the Hebrew language. But they put vowels in there. To break up the run-ons and to perpetuate the appropriate spelling, the proper pronunciation of the words, and the correct meaning of the written text. So they came up with a system of chanting and vowel placement so that the next generation could understand it. And that generation, right here, us. You guys following me so far? Okay, great. Now these men were very adamant about assuring the preservation and the accuracy of God's word. And they didn't want to make any changes on the original scroll. So what they did was, um, they made corrections in the marginal notes. On the side to explain these changes of what the vowel markings meant, of, of the proper spelling. What it should look like. And again, the, the, the correct pronunciation of the word and the meaning of the text. Sort of like side notes on the references of these scrolls. Of these writings for the next readers. You know, we do that. When, when we find revelation in the Bible, we write notes to ourselves, right? How many of you guys do that? Okay, good. Yeah, we write notes to a good scripture. And then we write out journals. You know, I, I, uh, I do this all the time i got to do this to remind myself of stuff. Not just when I'm reading the Bible, but I do this in my daily, daily lives. Because, you know, amnesia, I'm getting old. You know, so i got to write notes to myself nowadays to remind me of stuff. But how can we get the devices, you know, reminder, you know. I do it when I'm experimenting with a new recipe. How many of you guys cook with recipes? Yeah, or you guys all good cook. You guys don't need recipes or instructions. Yeah, (laughs) invite me to your house. Yeah. Okay, we do it with recipes. You know, I do it with recipes. So when we we all know that when you cook with a recipe, there's certain ingredients that 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 calls for to make this dish to come out right. Right? There's certain ingredients. But how many of you alter recipes? Yeah, I alter the recipes. I do it. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're cooking it and then we don't have one certain recipe, or one certain ingredient. What do we say? Eh, uh, no need this ingredient, we just skip them. Yeah, salt, no need. Uh, so we skip it, and what happens? Oh, and it'll come out right, junk! I don't like this recipe. Or maybe we alter it, like me, I, I, I try to take the recipes and, and I add an island flavor to it. You know, I add ginger, or, or shoyu or, you know, pineapple, coconut milk, stuff like that. I add it to make it, you know, fit my taste. You know, chili pepper, stuff like that, you know, to fit me. And when I alter it and we taste it, I make side notes to myself and I say, Note to self, do not add chili pepper to this recipe. Or I would write, make sure you have every ingredient that it calls for. We make side notes. We do, because it helps us to, uh, to, to 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 see what's what's right and what's wrong, right? It keeps you on the right track and to follow what is actually written. That's what Reci- recipes does. It instructs you so that you could have the proper dish if you follow the recipe. And this is what these, this is what these guys did. They wrote, they wrote side notes so that they would know the proper spelling, the proper pronunciation, the proper uh, meaning of the text. For the next reader. He did side notes for us. And these guys managed to create a consistency by establishing proper rules of pronunciation. It's proper spelling. The simplicity of comprehension of the reading. So these guys really took it upon themselves to preserve the word of God in their Jewish traditions. And to pass it on to their children. And to the next generation. And what's also interesting about this Masoretic text is that this was the only Hebrew Bible before the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. And let me tell you, these guys were so precise and they were so accurate because that's what they did. They preserved the accuracy of of God's Word. That at the end of every book, that they added a summary note to it. And this would guarantee the accuracy of their work and their transcription of the uh, the written word, the changes that they made. So they'd inform the reader of the numbers of verses. At At the end of every book, they would inform the reader of the number of every verse in a particular book, the number of the chapters, the number of words the number of letters of every written chapter to prove the accuracy of the Bible. Now, if one of them counted 12,784 continents, and another counted 12,785, they would have one recount just to prove the accuracy of the Word of God. That's how adamant these people were. Imagine how long it took for these guys to to print the first copy of the Bible by hand. Checking every letter, every word, every chapter, every sentence. Imagine how long it took for them to do that. It was tedious. When you think about the history and the authenticity of the Bible... It's phenomenal. Because we serve a phenomenal God. Amen. And his word is phenomenal. The miseretic text and the system they implemented was used throughout the centuries. And the first completed Bible was published in 930 AD by Aaron Ben Moses Ben Asher, called the Aleppo Cordex. However, the first official Bible text that is still used today was the Great Rabbinic Bible published in 1524 to 1526 by Daniel Bomberg, and he was a Christian who lived in Venice. So when we think about everything that I've talked to you about, it's amazing how God orchestrated the preservation of His Word, and not only the preservation, but how... He protected his writings to this very day because we are that next generation that these Messarites uh, worked so hard to bring it to this very moment in time for us to read the authentic and the accurate readings and writings of God. That's remarkable. The Old Testament isn't just a resource book for reference, guys. It carries the power of the living God. And it's able to penetrate the very soul of our hearts, our, our, our every being. And it carries the anointing that transforms our life just as much as the New Testament Well, Every word is inspired by God. There's no book in the world that's printed to this very day that can do that for you. Only the Bible, only the Word of God can change lives. Now, why did I tell you all this information? Why do we need to know the history of the Bible? Why do we need to know the authenticity and the accuracy of the Bible? Here's why. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. You are in Romans. Just turn a little bit to the Right? And we'll read verses 16 and 17, 17. And I'm reading out of the New King James uh, Version. We all there? Amen? Okay, this is what it reads. All scripture. How much? Oh, no, no, no. Just the ones I like. Right? That's all. Just only the ones I like. No, no. This is what God's word says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why do we need to know the authenticity and the accuracy? Right there. So that we can be equipped. Isn't that what we're we're here for tonight? To be equipped? Good. All scripture is inspired of God. All scripture. Every word, every consonant, every tip, every thought is inspired from God. The entire Bible was and continues to be an inspiration from God's own lip, from God's own heart. And many of us, including myself, always thought listen to this I always thought that God inspired the man, the person, the writer of these books in the Bible. Now, if that was the case, and if that was true, then all of us can write scripture, right? Because God inspires all of us, right? He inspires you? Yeah, he inspires me. So, what that's saying is then I can write scriptures. But God didn't need the man's thoughts. He didn't need the man's emotion. He didn't need the man's creativity. God already possessed all that stuff. He had that in Him already. He didn't need that. He used His Word and He put hand to ink through their hearts. It's His Word, the Holy Scripture, that inspires His written, infallible, and living Word of God. That's why we can learn and be inspired through the entire Bible. Every word, every verse, every chapter is God read. And He can speak to us through the Old Testament. And He can speak to us through the New Testament. He preserved it and He protected it for this very moment in time. For you and I. For you and I. And you need to know that tonight. That He protected and preserved His very Word so that we can learn from it tonight. The Old Testament concealed Jesus, the prophecies of Jesus. But the New Testament revealed Jesus Christ to us. The Old Testament, the law was our tutor For those of that time and for us to turn from sin and to learn the ways of God for righteous living until the first coming of Jesus, the Son of God. And God promised Him to us from the Old Testament. And His prophecies came to pass. His prophecies will come to pass. And He came to pass in the New Testament. And that's what Galatians 3 tells us. And you can turn there. Turn your Bibles to Galatians uh, chapter 3. Okay, we there? Amen. Galatians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 19. 19 to 29. And this is what it reads. Then why do... And I'm reading from the New Living Version. Then why do we have the law? And they're talking about the Old Testament. Why do we have the law? It was given because of sin. It was to be used until Christ came. The promise had been made looking towards Christ. The law was given by angels through Moses, who stood between God and man. If you remember, God gave him the, the, the commandments on the mountain and he brought it to, to man. But when the promise was given to Abraham, God gave it without anyone standing between them. God spoke directly with Abraham. Is the law against the promises of God? No, never. If it had been possible to be saved from the punishment of sin by just obeying the law, then being right with God would have come to obeying the law. But the holy writings say that all men are guilty of sin. That's true, right? Then that which was promised might be given to those who put their trust In Christ. It will be because their faith is in Him. Before it was possible to be saved from the punishment of sin by putting our trust in Christ, we were held under the law. It was as if we were being kept in prison. We were kept this way until Christ came. The law was used to lead us to Christ. It was our teacher. And so we were made right with God by putting our trust in Christ. Now that our faith is in Christ, we do not need the law to lead us. You are now children of God because you have put their trust in Christ Jesus. All of you who have been baptized to show you belong to Christ have become like Christ. God does not see you as a Jew or as a Greek. He does not see you as a servant or as a person free to work. He does not see you as a man or as a woman. You are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you have become the true children of Abraham. What God promised to him is now yours. That's powerful. And what it's saying is, the law brought us this far to the first coming of Jesus Christ. And it does say that we no longer need the law because we're in Christ. But I'll tell you what, we need the Old Testament. Because you will understand how great God's Word is. Tonight my heart was to relate to you the history of this Masoretic writing and the way they took it to heart to protect the Word. So you and I can believe in what we believe in, the Word of God. And Galatians speaks loud about the effect of the law so that your faith will increase and you'd have full confidence in God and His Word. But His Word became flesh. And we now have Jesus Christ to lead us. I hope the teachings have inspired you to trust tonight in the entire Word, the whole Bible. I hope that you trust that tonight. That you have an understanding that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God. I hope that you take that home with you tonight. That you would have the confidence in the Old Testament and the New. That you would know without a doubt that the Bible is absolute truth. And it is accurate. So you'd be totally equipped and prepared for every good work that the Lord is placing on you. Listen, tonight I want... To equip you by building your faith in this truth of God's word. The authentic word. Now, I pray that it will help your confidence to witness and to lead people to Jesus Christ who who who, who will promise to us to the old testament. And I want to build your faith to be totally equipped for the work of the ministry. When your family and your friends and your co-workers and a person that maybe you have just met come up to you and say, Hey, tell me about Jesus Christ. Tell me about this God that you believe in. I pray that this confidence and your faith has been increased so that you can witness to these people. If you leave this place tonight, listen. If you leave this place tonight believing that you do not need anything else but the Holy Spirit... And the word of God to witness you will be just fine. And believe me, you can accomplish any task. And if you believe that tonight, and you take that home in your hearts tonight, then I can say, I've accomplished my task tonight. What's interesting is when we substitute other things for that, when those tough times come, and we substitute other things for that, then greater will be our struggle to be effective for God. But God will use, me, use you mightily when you have the Holy Spirit and when you trust in His Word. No matter where you go and what calling God places on your lives, I pray you will never forget that His Word is Spirit and life. He will inspire you to it. He will profit you with it. It will bring reproof and correction because He loves you. And He doesn't want you to remain the same. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 is the key verse to understand the importance of the authenticity and the accuracy of the Bible. My challenge for you tonight is this. Like the Meserites, what are we doing to preserve and protect the authenticity, the history, the accuracy, and the legacy of the Bible? Are we bearing it like the Dead Sea Scrolls? Or are we sharing it and preserving it with our family, with our kids, with our co-workers, with our community, with our state? With our nation. With the world. What are we doing? To preserve the authentic, true word of God. I pray that you would trust it. And that you would use it for His glory. I pray that you would take it out there into the world. And use it to bring souls to Him. Amen? You may close your Bibles then put away your notes and let's pray Heavenly Father I thank you that throughout the whole generations Father you saw us oh you saw all those people Father alongside you You created each and every one of them but you also saw us and the future generations after us Lord God And you thought it wise and profitable for you, Lord God, for that your kingdom. That you would preserve it and you would use people, the miserates, to preserve your word and, and to hold them responsible for the accuracy and placing it in such a way, Father, that we would understand your word today. So, Father, we thank you for doing that. It just shows your awesome love for us, Lord God. That your heart is that we would get to know you and the truth about you and your character, Lord God. And tonight I pray over all of these people like God that that's an understanding that they can place in their hearts and use it for your glory in the outside world. Not only in the outside world, but within their families and this church. So Father, I thank you for doing that for us. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray and all would say, Amen. Amen.